Hello, everybody. Welcome to a special opening day from home version of Socks on Tap. I'm Johnny Nani, joined live by Tony Marchese. Tone, um, not how we wanted this thing to turn out today, but um, we got to deal with the uh, you know cards that were dealt here. So, how you doing, man? Johnny, I'm hanging in there, my friend. It's uh, not exactly like we wanted it to be. Uh, right now, we'd probably be sitting there somewhere along the uh, first or second inning, uh, just cruising through beers and probably be really feeling good at this point in time after a nice tailgate, some jello shots, and uh, some shotgun beers out in Lot B. It's uh, it's a little bit of a somber day, don't you think? Yeah, I'd definitely say so. Um, it sucks. It not you know, Obviously, there's things bigger than the game baseball right now um bigger than the sport you know sporting world but um still doesn't negate the fact that it sucks um and we all wish we could be out there at guaranteed rate field um obviously would have tore up lot b uh this morning and early afternoon before heading in so um yeah it is a little bit somber uh what you know i think what i'm going to miss the most about today is just the fact that we were excited to get baseball in March, but there's so many new faces on this team, Johnny. We'll get to see them eventually, hopefully. But the fact that, I mean, look at the additions that this team made this offseason. It's got to be the most excited, at least I was, for an opening day. And I can't even remember how long. Maybe, what, 2006? Um, j- just the way that this offseason came together, I think the Sox did a pretty damn good job of adding some new talents. Um, obviously, I mean, Yasmani Grandal. Edwin Encarnacion, but I think what would have been more important today was that it was supposed to be Luis Robert Day. Yes. And I think that that gets a little bit lost in this, and and, and, uh, today would have been his debut on the south side of Chicago. Yeah, Tone. So, you know, NBC Sports Chicago right now, they are re-airing 2019 opening day. They started that at 1230, and um, that was Eloy's, you know, home debut. I know the White Sox started on the road last year, but um, it was his home debut, his first at bat there. If you remember way back to, what was that, 2017 when Moncada made his debut in the middle of the summer, he got a huge ovation. Um, Eloy got a huge ovation last year, and it would have been roaring uh, and probably even more packed than it was last year for Eloy, um, that being for Luis Robert this season uh, that would have been going on today. Probably right around the time that we're talking right now, Tony, somewhere in this time range. Yeah, I mean, I've been – I went to the the Eloy day, obviously, like you said, last, last opening day. I was at Kopec day. I was at Moncada day. And it seemed like each one of those just got – louder and louder as they went along i feel like this would have been the loudest ovation for any of them you're talking about of the of the core guys that they've assembled you know moncada day felt like it was just you know the outlier the start of something i remember the tip of the iceberg that place got so loud when he walked and then kopak's first strikeout was there was absolute electricity in the stadium. And then for opening day for Eloy, yeah, you, I think you lose a little bit with, with the Eloy coming in on opening day. Cause it, it's not segmented out as, you know, an outlier within a season or a July, August call up for somebody who White Sox fans are dying for something to see, to get the, their, their, you know, hopes up in a, in a down year. This one though, this was the culmination, right? This was the, the final piece, so to speak, of the puzzle 
of all these guys coming together. And yeah, you can make a case for a guy like Andrew Vaughn. You can make a case for Nick Madrigal. But of the the special, just really hyped up prospects, Luis Robert, he was he was the final piece to this right here. And, you know, just seeing him take that first at bat, which would have been probably right around right now. Um, yeah, that's – I can't imagine how loud the stadium would have been. Uh, God, dude. I, I'm already, I've already been thinking about fireworks today. Imagine him going yard in his first at bat. I mean, just think about oh. that. I mean, I'd probably – I wouldn't have a fucking voice if he went yard in his first at bat. I mean, this is – I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it, but obviously we're sitting at home here uh, broadcasting a radio show uh, when what we should be out there. But uh, I'm glad everybody's home and safe uh, that we know. Um, so that's, like you said, things are more important than baseball. Uh, people's health, very important. Uh, but, man, I just that would have been something special to see on this day. All right, Johnny, what else we got here? Um, if we can get into a little bit of news, I mean, it's very, you know, few and far between, but, uh, today one transaction, I guess it's just paper for now, but, uh, Michael Kopech option to triple a, um, that was about the peak of the opening date news in air quotes that, uh, we got today. Um, like I had um, paper transaction at this point, uh, Tony, I think uh, what I also linked to at the bottom of that article was, um, Obviously, we don't have a timeline yet. We, we don't know. Nobody knows when no. anything is officially going to be back. So if there is an abbreviated schedule, um, the importance of the White Sox starting fast uh, right out of the gate is going to be huge if they want to compete in 2020. So, um, you know, NWIC, if our guy over at Ontip Sportsnet wrote a great article that I linked to within that COPEC news um, talking about we'd like to see his debut early on if it is going to be an abbreviated thing that starts in whatever it may be, June, you know, mid, late, early July shit, who knows. Do you expect to see a paper transaction to bring him back up here, Johnny? I'm just curious in, in your opinion. Um, I, what, what do you think here? If there's going to still be some marinating time down in the minors, because we talked about this all off season, your original statement before any of the acquisitions were made is hand yeah. me a toaster, draw me a bath. Uh, if Michael <laughs> yeah. Kopech is not on that opening day roster. So what are your thoughts now here as we look at this through? Yeah, I don't what know. Honestly, first of all, it's such an unprecedented situation. There, there has been nothing like this uh, in the past. Whereas I, I could see them, um, I, I would have expected him to start for at least a few weeks in AAA um, if we had had a normal uh, go of things here with the full spring training and whatnot. We saw him just make his spring training debut, whatever, first time on the mound officially. Uh, not counting instructs or any of that stuff or sidelines, whatever, in game action down in spring training just, what, two days before? Um all the games were suspended down there. So um, it's really unprecedented, and I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what this will mean for you know guys' options, for guys' service time, um, how that's going to run. So I think all those factors come into consideration um, because if there's going to be no baseball, how the hell can they accumulate service time? Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I, I, I would expect at some point, yeah, during if there is a season during the season, yes, you will absolutely see him back up um, at some point, like was planned this year. But um, the timing on this, I think it's going to depend on how the uh, service time will work as soon as they get a date and a schedule uh, put together. 
Yeah, and, you know, I think it's a really unfortunate timing for Michael Kopech for all this to happen because you're talking about a guy who has been on the shelf now and potentially could be on the shelf without pitching in a Major League Baseball game for almost two years. And that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of wasted just development, I think, for a guy like Michael Kopech. He he absolutely needed this spring and this early early start to the season to get himself back to what Rick Hahn had described as pitching in anger. And now you mm-hmm. just extend that out because Michael Kopech can't go out there and pitch in a game. Yeah, he can throw at home. Yeah, he can keep continuing to do all the things that he's been doing. But you're not going to take that next stop until we get away from this whole entire pandemic and that's out of his control it's not like he's being forced into another injury situation or forced to go down to the minors and and go through all this stuff he can't even get there now and so you're talking about a potential whole nother year of development and service time depending on how all that shakes out where you could have lost basically now two full years of what should have been or could have been, might still be the ace of this White Sox staff when they return to the playoffs. It's really unfor- it's a really unfortunate situation uh, when you really start to look into that one. Um, and then another one, uh, and hopefully by the time he's ready to go, Carlos Rodon. Uh, we're talking about the last little bit that we get to make a decision here on Carlos Rodon. And uh, is if if we're not playing baseball games in June, July. You're talking about missing out on this, and and how does that contract situation work out? There's a lot of there's a lot of what ifs here. Yeah, so many what ifs. We talked about it a little bit on our latest Sunday Funday. Um, it's going to be a logistical nightmare. Now, obviously, that goes with we are talking a little bit more in the realm of scheduling games, um, in the ticket department, all of that kind of stuff for more of our experience. But yeah, when you get down to the contract stuff, how's that going to work? Um, if it's an abbreviated season, that's still going to count as a full one. I mean, I think it you know most likely will, but. You never know. Um, you, you never know how they're going to determine these things. I, I think the most interesting thing would be just touching back on someone like Kopech would be the service time, how they determine that if it's a, uh, you know, not a full 162. Um, but uh, as for Rodon, you're right. This is going to be our last evaluation of him. We were expecting to get him back sometime, I would guess, in July, mid-July through early August. I probably pinned it at early August, um, just being a little bit on the safe side from injury timeline um, recovery from, you know, uh, Tommy John. But um, if you don't get that look, then what do you do about him? That's a big question mark. And honestly, if you're looking to sign other guys like Giolito, um, some of these other ones that have not been under contract, maybe uh, you like what you see from Nick Madrigal and you want to get him. I obviously won't be as big as a Robert or Moncada uh, extension that we've seen, or Eloy, but um, maybe you like him and want to lock him down. You may be walking away from Carlos Jordan. We may have seen some of the last of him in a White Sox uniform, Tony. Yeah, and here's a really interesting one just out of White Sox context. You look at Mookie Betts and the Mookie Betts trade. The Dodgers have one year of control on Betts. Say this season is wiped. Does he become a free agent without ever playing a game in a Dodgers uniform? You're asking questions that I don't have the answer to, man. Um, That's, you know entirely a possibility um right now because i think almost anything's on the table here but then again how would they rule that um, this this would get, that even be a contract year yeah it gets this so messy get wild 
And not only that, when you look at just the let's 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 work underneath the assumption that this year is a wash for a second. I, I'm I'm not trying to do so because it, would, it makes me yeah. cry. But let's that let's, would almost make things easier, Tony. It would make things easier. However, I'm gonna I'm gonna pose one on the flip side here. You sign a contract for an aging veteran, say a guy like Miguel Cabrera or Albert Pujols, and now instead of finish paying them at 33, 34. If, if none of the service time counts, you now have an extra year on these guys that you were originally planning on having off the books on some of these backloaded contracts. How do you account for that? Mm-hmm. So you have two polar opposite uh, sides of the situation here. You've got teams that have expiring contracts that now may extend a year further. And then you have other guys who or other teams who have acquired people or have young controllable talent that may lose a whole year of their control. So it it extends itself both ways. And I think that, uh, that that's gotta be a logistical nightmare in and of itself. This, this can get wild. This can get absolutely crazy as we talk about how all of this can play out. And I don't, I don't even want to know how you decide on this because owners, if, if you're an owner of a team in camp a, you're never gonna you're never gonna want to see Camp B, which is the guys that have the expiring contracts that they want off the books so they can go spend more money. You're, how do you agree on this? It's got to be a nightmare in these in these talks. Yeah, and obviously, I think the first thing obviously has to be a uh, a set date and how they're going to work this season, and then things would stem outward from there. But when it gets to that, Tony, I would, I would imagine that there is going to be several several heated discussions calls uh meetings all of that going on and uh it'll probably get a little bit ugly um you probably get some guys uh you know players that like to be vocal uh, making their voice heard on social media wh- whichever way they're in favor of it um and then you know obviously the team the owners aren't aren't won't be doing that on like the social media side but um you're going to hear pushback because, you know, they have a lot of say. So if anything that you hear from the league um, in news reports, obviously Ken Rosenthal <laughs> air out anything uh, that happens pretty much. So, um, man, it sucks that this is even a situation, but it's the reality of what we're dealing with right now. And like I said, it, the biggest thing for me is that it's unprecedented. It's Nothing's been like this before. Sure, there's been lockouts, but this is just totally, you know, out of the control. Um, it's not like the two are deadlocked at, you know, at the table like that. Well, then again, they very well could be next year if that CBA is uh, going to be an issue. I was going to, so, I was going to say this. This is yeah. all on the heels of the CBA. You know, what a way to drive another dispute into the next CBA right here. Um, you know, I'm trying to stay away from the doom and gloom of everything, but it's really easy when you look at this. The more questions and more things that that are out there that are what ifs and and have to be accounted for and answered with because of this situation that can cause tension between the players union, the owners, um, individual players themselves. I mean, you've got wild cards out there like Trevor Bauer. Um, Just there's so much that's out here that's all going to play into this situation. It's going to get really interesting. I think, you know, the, the, the best path forward here. Best case scenario is that you're playing baseball in June. They agree on some sort of service time considerations one way or the other and that everybody trudges forward and that everybody's united in the fact that we just get to watch baseball and play baseball and have baseball back in our lives. I think that's the best case scenario. 
Yeah, the hundred percent. And then I don't know if you've seen it was just a, I think it was just a, the score update, something that Boris had suggested. Because um, obviously he wants to get his guys paid uh, and get them paid as frequently as possible, as early as possible, all of that. Um, but he had you know suggested if they were going to move forward with this thing uh, about having playoff games at you know neutral sites that are domed in December or in warm weather places. <laughs> so you know. You know, I, that's, I like that's obviously that that extreme side of that. Yeah, I like that idea. I like the idea of having baseball to watch in December. Um, but Johnny, I'm just going to say this right now: um, that time of year is normally reserved for hockey, um, and it's going to be interesting to <laughs> see how it's going to be interesting to see how all these leagues kind of just realign themselves because you you've got the NBA and NHL seasons basically stopped with. Two to three weeks to go before they, they, they start their playoff series and try and determine who the champion is in each league. And you, we may have no champion in either league. Maybe they start it back up, but that all has to be determined. Then you're going to have baseball obviously running longer than it normally did, which is going to then impact TV ratings and scheduling decisions with NFL games that are going to be taking place yes. during this time as well. We all know the NFL is kind of the they they own Sunday, right? So now we're talking about you know, Scott Boris, I saw the comment about Christmas Day. Can you imagine the World Series game on Christmas Day which is <laughs> sort of owned by the NBA right now? So you're going to have leagues yep. stepping all over each other. It's going to be pure pandemonium. There's going to be sports everywhere. I'm going to be happy because there's so many sports on, but you know, now you're talking about if the World Series if if you have a World Series game scheduled on Christmas Day, just say Scott Boris's plan is what they implement. You've got a World Series game scheduled on Christmas Day. You're talking about that having to be either game one, two, three, or four for it to be a solid will happen plan, if that's what you're going for. Which means now you're gonna encroach into a week later. On New Year's, you're going to be you're going to be coming up on the Winter Classic for hockey. So there's all these big events that you normally have going on, and not only that, you're talking about the 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 prime portion of the NFL schedule during all of this taking place as well. Yeah. So there's there's so many considerations that need to be taken into place here. It's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. But I can't imagine the baseball season, honestly, in my opinion, stretching into December. I don't know about you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I can't either. Um, you've heard for, you know, at least for a few years, there's been rumblings about the NBA even one push back their start of the season to compete less with the NFL. Um, the NFL is the giant in the room here. They are the ones that, uh, you know, get the most ratings. Uh, people are widely in America, you know, Football is the number one sport. Uh, that's, you know, don't think there's any doubt in anyone's mind um, uh, about that. So MLB trying to compete with that with already, um, I guess they would say suffering or, you know, the demographic getting older uh, as their main viewers there. Um, not an ideal situation to be doing that. But, hey, with, with like I said, this is so unprecedented that shit, anything's on the table right now. And I think that's just kind of the what my takeaway is from the Boris thing. But it's one of the only, you know, proposed things that we've had out there. So I figured I'd uh, um, air it out for you and get your take on it, too. Well, I did see that the uh, the players union and, and the owners were discussing um, an extension of the season into uh, 
November. I haven't seen December. I, I, I did see the board stuff, but concrete, I did see November. And let's be honest, uh, the last few years in this country, the weather has been beautiful through November. I'm fine with that. I don't think there's any difference between November baseball and March baseball uh, or, or early April baseball. Sometimes November weather's even better than that. Knowing this year, though, just the way that 2020 is gone, it'll be like three feet of fucking snow on the ground, and we'll be having snow cancellations and trying to figure shit out as we go along. One of the things I wanted to mention, though, about if they do move stuff to neutral sites, if they move games late in the year to neutral site locations with domes or whatever, I still feel like that gyps us, the fan, out of the experience that we we're expecting if the White Sox do what they're supposed to do this year. We haven't seen a playoff game in Chicago for the White Sox in what feels like forever. Part of that experience is actually getting to go to these games, to celebrate them, to tailgate, to do all that together. Can you imagine a whole playoff series, Johnny, where we don't actually get to go to one of the games? Yeah, I mean, it, it, you're totally right on that. It would suck for the fan experience, absolutely. Um, and I, I would be upset too, as you know, a half season ticket holder. Um, I would, that's I'm one of the be- that's one of benefits since 2017, since when I got him um, to you know see this thing culminate in a playoff run. So yeah, I would totally, I totally am with you on the fan experience side. But at the same time, I could also at least have a little bit of an understanding because the situation is just so ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, this is we're in uncharted waters, and we have been. Um, speaking of uncharted waters, Johnny, um, if you want to segue into uh, something that we're going to try tonight um, that's never been done, at least before here at Socks on Tap, uh, let's talk a little bit about the party at the Zoom Tower. Yeah, uh, Tony, virtual tailgate. So, I mean, you came up with the idea. Uh, we kind of branded it. Um, I took, took and ran with the Dazed and Confused theme. Um, so if you haven't yet, go to ontapsportsnet.com. A um, few posts down, it is the party at the Zoom Tower. All the information that you need to know about this tailgate and the link to log in, um, password, all of that stuff, the meeting ID number, that is all in there. And it's also on the Socks on Tap Twitter page. We've tweeted out maybe two, three times so far. We'll put it out a couple more times before this thing gets going tonight. But logistics of this thing, um, it's going to be on Zoom. We can't all meet up to, uh, together. We were planning on hosting that opening day tailgate in Lot B today. Um, we're going to do the next best thing that we possibly can while everybody has to be quarantined um, and by themselves and socially distanced. Well, um, we're all going to be online. They're all going to be online on Zoom. Um, that's why we called it, you know, the party at the Zoom Tower instead of party at the Moon Tower. Um, the video conferencing uh, app that you can use on your phone or your computer and uh we'll all log on at 8 p.m is when it is scheduled for and um basically uh, everyone wear your socks gear uh bring your beers have your quarantine stash nearby um and we'll discuss you know all, all things white socks uh you know bullshit about whatever else is on our mind um baseball in general uh missing sports uh talk about favorite opening day memories i think that'd be a good topic for that too um and I mean, it's going to be a good time tone. Uh, it's going to be the first time that we're doing it, but we did a little test run with a couple guys from on tap yesterday, uh, seemed to run smoothly. So, um, you know, 
the one thing will be space in that thing. I, you know, I think you said the, they can probably cap out at a hundred, but we'll have to see, um, how many people actually come on. And then you'll also be monitoring, uh, allowing people in from that, uh, lobby weight room, uh, on the outside, as soon as they log into that, and then you'll let them in. So, um, we'll get as many as we can go in there, but if you show up late, um, you may be waiting a little bit longer, just a heads up. So yeah, it's 8 PM, uh, on zoom, go to ontapsportsnet.com for that link and password for all that stuff. Yeah, password's super simple and easy to remember, but I'm going to send you to the site to go get it um, just because you should be reading uh, the article that has all the rest of the information in there on every key detail about this tailgate. Uh, Johnny, um, I'm really excited for this thing. Uh, there's, (laughs) There's only one thing that we can do to get together with White Sox fans today. Uh, and see some of the same faces that we would have seen out there in Lot B or in the stadium, um, and to get to have a beer with everybody, I think this is this is the next best option uh, that we have. So uh, I'm really excited for this thing. Um, I'm hoping that uh, hoping everything runs smooth. I'm hoping I don't get too drunk to fall asleep at the controls. Uh, <laughs> got a lot of responsibilities <laughs> tonight uh, that I guess I I volunteered myself for, uh, but it should be a good time. Uh, a lot of the on tap guys are going to be there. Um, I'm sure that uh, we'll see, like we said, most of the familiar faces, Austin, Matt Berklin, probably some Jordan Miller, maybe Pete Hand, uh, Aloha Mr. Hand. Um, hoping Wally Money shows up there. I know that guy was drinking at like 8 a.m. this morning, just you know, putting down some <laughs> Bacardi. Uh, so we'll try and see what kind of state he's in, um, and then we'll see who else pops in there. You throw something out on the Internet, you never know who's going to th- just show up so uh hoping it's a good time um i encourage everybody to join grab a beer crack them with us talk some white Sox baseball life in general and uh it'll be good yeah uh, i think we all need this uh we need something like this tony obviously you saw the disappointment all the people reminiscing about opening days past today uh on twitter and instagram using the uh opening day at home because the MLB hashtag that they uh put out there for it so i know i used it a few times um like I said, we all needed this. Um, the, we wanted to all be together, obviously, in person today, but that can't happen uh, because of health concerns uh, going on in our country right now. So, um, like you said, next best thing. Uh, might as well ramp it up, uh, do it big, like the only way we know how to. Johnny, I wish there was a way to play virtual beanbags because I feel like this tailgate <laughs> needs some, some beanbags action at it. Um, that, I think that's one of the things that I'm missing the most right now is just getting out to the lot and competing in some some bags um can't wait to to do that and um tailgate food i I hope everybody's got grilled foods for this um and i I know you will probably have a backpack full of essentials during this tailgate oh yes the backpack will make an appearance i have all the essentials ready it'll it'll be packed ready to go have them right there at my disposal um so i can show everybody what is a part of that there's that's also an article at ontapsportsnet.com but you get to get the live presentation of that too (laughs) awesome can't wait for it johnny johnny you have anything else you want to talk about here before we uh close this one down i wanted to do a nice little quick half hour we're we're getting close to that right there um let's see i I just wanted to ask you know what you are doing obviously we're going to have this tailgate tonight but what else are you doing to stay in the opening day spirit i'll start with mine i'm wearing as you can see we're on skype right now the listeners on mix lr cannot see this right now but i will wear it for our tailgate tonight i'm wearing our lot b tailgate shirt uh tailgate crew shirt my classic 
go-to gray Larry Garcia jersey over it. Um, White Sox hat had picked up some hot dogs for lunch today. Um, that's what I'm doing to get in the mood. You know, I got all my beer stocked, ready to go for tonight. Um, get some Modelo because, you know, I usually drink Bush Light. That's my go-to. And I do have some of that, too, that I'll probably be throwing back. But, you know, I picked up some Modelo when I went and made my quarantine run. So um, got to get back into that Modelo shape for when baseball is finally here because that's what I drink at the park. Uh, I prefer that over Bud Light. I'm um, getting that at the park. We get the occasional diesel there, but, um, you know, Modelo is usually my go-to. So um, got a bunch of that uh, to prep for it. And like you said, all the contents of the backpack, which will be revealed tonight. I love it, Johnny. Uh, me, myself, and I, I woke up. I slept in my White Sox onesie last night. Um, that's that's <laughs> number one. Had to wear that's the Budweiser onesie. one. It's the Budweiser onesie. Um, you know, there's a Christmas tradition in my family that my mom always bought us. Uh, some pajamas uh, and then gave them to us on Christmas Eve, me and my brothers. Um, so as soon as the White Sox uh, Budweiser onesie was, uh, was uh, uh, I guess, given away, or we knew that that, uh, that giveaway was going to be a thing, I had to be at that game because I needed this. It's the perfect sleepwear for your pre-opening day, uh, or opening opening day eve, I guess you could say. So yeah, it's like um, a, a adult Christmas Eve. Like, it's a, you know, it is adult Christmas Eve. So you sleep in your Budweiser uh, White Sox onesie. Uh, w- woke up, I put on the uh, opening day shirt from last year, uh, the giveaway item that uh, that they gave away at uh, at the gates for opening day. Um, it says opening day on it. No, not a better shirt to wear. Uh, threw on my my White Sox hoodie and my White Sox hat that I normally do. And I've got a real dilemma, Johnny. I've got a real dilemma. I'm going to ask you uh, real quick. Uh, what you f- feel about this uh, after I'm done with this. But the rest of the day, uh, I've spent uh, planning out food. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to order some uh, some Joey's Red Hots. Shout out Joey's Red Hots. Free advertisement for them over on uh, Wolf Road in, in Orland Park. Uh, I'm going to get some Joey's Red Hots. I'm probably going to order like 50 hot dogs um, just to like, get me through the next like three days. Um, <laughs> I'll probably eat like 10 of them, uh, but I'll order like 50 of them. Uh, then I, I think something would be, uh, remiss here if we didn't mention this. I've been listening to the ballpark mixes all morning because yeah, I did that, that, is, too. Yeah. that is the soundtrack of opening day and the soundtrack of tailgates, uh, ballpark mix number one, right into ballpark mix number two. I've almost through, uh, my second cycle through them. And then most importantly, uh, the beers are flowing over here. I'm in the middle of my work day. Um, so this is my lunch break, uh, but the beers have been flowing pretty steadily. Um, it's opening day. You can't stop that. That That's going to happen. Um, it has nope. to. Yeah, you're goddamn right. <laughs> you're goddamn right. It does. Uh, it, it would be, I'd be disappointed if you weren't doing that. Uh, this is, this right is, now. this is a goddamn holiday and it, yeah, it should it, be celebrated it, as such. Yeah, and when I said that, you know, like adult, like Christmas Eve, it's like, yeah, I enjoy Christmas Eve too, like the actual, you know, Christmas Eve. But we were talking about as a little kid how excited you get on Christmas morning. Um, that's how we do for opening day. Yeah, you know, it's that same like butterflies, the same jitters. I, I uh, got in an argument. You know, I got in an you argument can't sleep with Jen. The night before, yeah, yeah, I got in an argument with Jen over this. She's like, it was actually based on when Comiskey was asking like, what was a better holiday, St. Patrick's Day or Halloween? Remember when we were going through this around Halloween time? Yeah. And Jen was like, you know, I, I told her, I go, uh, hey, what's better, Halloween or St. Patrick's Day? Because she's got the same dilemma. She's like you. She she loves drinking, but she also loves scary movies, the whole Halloween thing. 
And so, like, what are your your top three holidays? She gave hers, and I gave mine, and I said number one was opening day. And she's like, that's not a holiday. I go, it absolutely <laughs> damn right is. It It is a holiday. This is a holiday. It's been celebrated. I'm normally off of work, in front of baseball, celebrating with my friends, with my family, at the ballpark, or watching the game, or whatever. doesn't matter if the Sox are on the road. I almost love when the Sox are on the road because you get two of these. You get... Yeah. Opening day, which I take off, sit at home, and do the whole thing. And then you get the home opener. Yes, I love when the Sox are at home on opening day, too. It, 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 it's still the same. But I like getting two opening days. I don't know about you. I like getting two opening mm-hmm. days. Yeah, it's not bad. All right, but yeah. here's my dilemma that I, I had referenced. Every year, I go out and I get new White Sox hats for the season. And so this year, I went like late February, and, and I grabbed I grabbed my new White Sox hat. It's just a standard White Sox hat, new air cap. Um, and if you notice, I'm still wearing the same one I've worn from last year because it looks weathered. I get a new one every year. Mm-hmm. Am I allowed to put that thing on yet, or do I have to wait for baseball to start? Ooh, yeah, see, that's a dilemma. Um, I, I'm not in the – I like, you know, I like a certain style of hat too. I kind of like a little bit of snapback or if it's going to be a bent even then, I uh, kind of like the trucker back to it. So I, I can't say I personally relate to you, but um, I would say you might as well because when you're talking about weathering of hats, now sure you may not be out in the sun or at the ballpark as much, um, but when you talk about the weathering of hats, that one that you have right now is going to keep getting – weathered no matter what when you wear it say you know you wake up and your hair's still greasy and you're not taking a shower yet and you throw that on that adds a little bit to the inside of that thing um i would say you are definitely allowed to go and throw that new one on um because the hats don't know if there's baseball or not but i'm <laughs> super st- I'm, but i'm a superstitious motherfucker and i know i know that the first day that i wear that hat is when first pitch is thrown like so if we're at if we're at home, and so maybe I didn't quite clarify this. If we're at home here, last year's hat comes off, New Year hat comes on. About an hour before first pitch, or if we're heading to the tailgate, that's the first time I put that hat on every year. Well, tonight is a tailgate, so so tonight's <laughs> the first tailgate. Maybe maybe put the new hat on. I went a little overboard this year. I bought the '83, the 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 Sunday home uniforms hat, and the regular hat. Um, and then, you know, the, the old hat transitions into like, it's shitty weather or whatever Mm -hmm. hat. And then we just rotate through every year, but I I, I'm facing this dilemma today. I have not made a ruling on whether or not we're going new hat yet, or if I have to continue in the, in the old hat until the season actually starts. I don't, I don't know what to do. So so I know that that's your personal tradition. So, and like I said, I am not in that same boat. I I don't go and get the new, new era hats every year. So you're going to have to make that, um, what your heart tells you. But if you wanted my consulting, I would say, yes, it is appropriate. And and you would be able to go and throw the new hats on tonight. Well, because I'm, I'm, I'm just worried that if this, this, this season gets canceled, now I've got this hat that I've never worn before. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to make a ruling. This might need to be. Might need to be a Twitter poll or something. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, yeah. we'll figure. Should probably drink. Should probably drink about it a little bit more. I should drink about it a little bit more. I'm. I'm doing really good at doing that. Uh, that lately. Uh, Johnny, anything else you got before we uh, close this one down? We got to get ready for a tailgate two, tonight. Yeah, I got. I got two. Two last things. Uh, one, going back to the comment about you uh, declaring opening day a holiday. Uh, totally with, with you in that boat. And just a reminder that the first soundbite 
of White Sox Ballpark Mix Volume 2 is Otis Livingston of CBS New York saying, I agree with the people that uh, think opening day should be a legal holiday. So that's where I stand on it. And uh, number two, if you're watching this game, uh, the replay of the 29 opening, yeah, 2019 opening day, uh, White Sox versus Mariners right now. It's in the bottom of the fourth as I'm looking at it. Um, but once it gets to the bottom of the eighth, uh, after Tim Anderson's home run, look out in the crowd. You might see someone familiar, maybe a familiar voice that's on the microphone right now. So that's all I've got. You in the 149 have made many a TV appearance, my friend. I've made a White Sox commercial, too. You've made a, you've made a commercial as well. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping at some point during the tailgate, too, we can get a take-me-out-to-the-ball game going tonight, uh, just for everybody. I think that, that, that should be a thing. Um, and I know the White Sox are asking for videos right now of, of folks singing take-me-out-to-the-ball game. The Sox on tap crew that was out at the at the uh, halfway to St. Paddy's Day game, Johnny, I know you were uh, you were unable to attend that one, but I submitted that. I'm hoping that they, they picked that one up. Uh, and put it in whatever video that they're making. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, speaking of White Sox um, commercials and videos and everything, I still want to know what happened to the footage of Jake Trojan and I from last season. We were walking on the concourse, probably somewhere around section 103 to about Goose Island, and we get stopped by the camera crew. And they like wanted us to do some pose or say go White Sox or something, and they told us that it was going to be in either a scoreboard video or commercial. And we did three takes of this damn thing, and I've <laughs> never seen it anywhere. I have not seen you guys on that either, so maybe no. they were lying to you and they were just trying to get a bunch of them in stock and use the best ones. So I have maybe you no make idea. Maybe we didn't do no it idea. well enough. Maybe we didn't make the cut, but they were like. Oh, that was a great cut. Let's do this one more time. And we're like, okay. And it involved us like walking towards Goose Island and then like stopping, crossing our arms, shaking our heads and saying, go White Sox. And we, <laughs> we did this over and over again while the game's going on. We're like, okay, this is fine. By the third take, we're like, this is, this is ridiculous. We thought it would be on the, on the scoreboard that day and it never happened. And then every game we've gone to since, I've been like glued to watching the scoreboard to figure out where it goes. And then, and then you, of all people, you're just like giving high fives and shit, or walking down the aisle, and you show up in in every White Sox <laughs> commercial, video board, all that stuff. Um, don't know how you do it. You just must be more uh, videogenic than I am. Yeah, so the thing is, um, as you can tell by my jersey right here, so the one that I, I was just, you know, I like to give high fives when something good happens. Obviously, a home run, uh, I get the fireworks going, get some high fives going. Um, I was with Joey Donuts, um, you know, uh, you probably know him from White Sox Twitter. He had bought Absolutely. my uh, ticket, and uh, so he sat with me for opening day last year since my dad was out of the country um, at that time. So I... Uh, I got up and just high five people. So that was from the NBC broadcast. But then for the in in like house cameras that they have there, um, whenever Lori Garcia does something good, I'm getting up and applauding it. And it was like an infield single or something like that. And I'm, you know, I'm raising hell, clapping my hands, getting people around me going and everyone else is sitting down. So that's why you see me standing up in that one. So you, you got to be got to be, uh, you know, bold, bold about it, Tony. That's what you need to do. Get on the camera. Well, you are you are definitely uh, bold about it, and I'm I'm glad that you have made your appearances. Um, hopefully, many more to come on the uh, on the video board or uh, White Sox commercials. Johnny, that's all I have today. 
Um, let's close this down how we normally do. Yep. Well, one last reminder, party at the Zoom Tower tonight. That is our virtual White Sox tailgate, 8 p.m. on Zoom. Go to ontapsportsnet.com and look for the party at the Zoom Tower virtual White Sox tailgate information article that will have everything that you need to know, password, meeting code, uh, link to the actual meeting itself. So make sure you're doing that. Joining us 8 p.m. for some White Sox tailgating virtually. Um, Tony, that's all I've got. Let's go White Sox. Let's go Sox.